Go with me to 1 Samuel chapter 13. 1 Samuel 13. This is where God gave me when I was in Ghana. There's a second one that I will share with you next week. So this is it's like a kind of a, a prophetic word to you and I. Eh? I'll read. I'm going to read a lot of it. First Samuel chapter 13. I'm reading from the Amplified Bible. Saul was 30 years old. Thank you. Yes. Saul was 30 years old when he began to reign. And he reigned 42 years over Israel. Saul reigned for a very long time, one of the oldest kings. Verse, chapter, verse 2, Saul chose for himself 3,000 men of Israel, of whom 2,000 were with him in Michmash and in the hill country of Bethel, while 1,000 were with Jonathan at Gibeah of Benjamin. But he sent the rest of the people away, each one to his own tent. Jonathan attacked and defeated the Philistine garrison, which was at Gibeah, and the Philistines heard about it. Then Saul blew the trumpet throughout the land, saying, Let the Hebrews hear. All Israel heard that Saul had defeated the Philistine garrison, and also that Israel had become despicable to the Philistines, and the people were summoned to join Saul at Gilgal. Verse 5. Now the Philistines gathered to fight against Israel. 30,000 chariots hmm? and 6,000 horsemen and troops in multitude like the sand on the sea. Meanwhile, do you know how many soldiers did Saul have? Did you, huh? In verse 2, how many Saul? How many? Saul had how many? 3,000. 3, huh? And the Philistines were what? They had just what? First of all, 30,000 chariots. Israel did not even have one chariot. It's like tanks. Chariots were like tanks. And 6,000 horsemen. This is like a 6,000 what? Air Force, planes. Hmm. And the infantry was like the sea, like, like the sand on the, uh, on the sea. They were so numerous. Can you imagine 3,000 people against this army? Wouldn't you be afraid? Every one of us would be afraid. Mm -hmm. I would be afraid. You would be afraid. Okay, let's move on. <laughs> they came up and camped at Mi'kmaq east of Beth, Beth Even. When the men of Israel saw that they were in a tight situation, have we been in a tight situation before? <laughs> For their troops were hard-pressed. They hid in caves, in thickets, in cellars, and in cisterns, in pits. Look, they saw the thing was so against them that they started what? Running, hiding. In caves, in pits, in bushes, they just ran because, look, when you look at the army, there's no way out. You will be defeated. So they ran. And also some of the Jews, of the Hebrews, had crossed the river Jordan to the land of God and Gilead. Some of them have disappeared to other places. As for Saul, he was still in Gilgal, and all the people followed him, trembling in fear and anticipation. Verse 8. Now Saul waited seven days according to the appointed time which Samuel had set. But Samuel had not come to Gilgal, and the people were scattering away from Saul. So Saul said, 
bring me the burnt offering and the peace offerings. And he offered the burnt offering, which he was forbidden to do. Saul had not only received an... Let's move on to verse 10. As soon as he finished offering the burnt offering, he finished offering the burnt offering, Samuel finally came. Then Saul went out to meet and to welcome him. But Samuel said, what have you done? Saul said, since I saw the people were scattering away from me, and that you did not come within the appointed time, and that the Philistines were assembling at Mi'kmaq, therefore I said, the Philistines will come down against me at Gilgal. And I have not asked of the Lord's favor by making supplication to him. So I forced myself to offer the burnt offering. Let's move on. Samuel said to Saul, you have acted foolishly. My message to you today is that do not act foolishly. You have acted foolishly. You have not kept the commandment of the Lord your God, which he commanded you. For if you had obeyed the Lord, the Lord would have established your kingdom over Israel. For today was going to be your life, destiny, changing moment. Then he goes on to say this. But now your kingdom will not endure. The Lord has sought out for himself a man after his own heart. And the Lord has appointed him as leader and ruler over his people because you have not kept the word. By the way, so rule for how many years? That's what we just saw. 42 years. When this thing was happening, it was about the first year of his world. So when God told someone, uh, uh, Saul that what? I've chosen David. It was going to be another word, over another word, generation, 40 word years. You have heard the word of God. It's not happening. You are crying. <laughs> and you think it will happen tomorrow. <laughs> this church will be filled. Hallelujah. Amen. Whether the demons like it or not, <laughs> it will happen. Because what God has said, it will come to pass. Then Samuel arose and went out from Gilgal to Gibeah or Benjamin. By the way, if you read further on, do you know that before Saul was offering the sacrifice, the troops that were 3,000 has whittled down to what? 600. I want to explain a few things to you. What Saul did, in your eyes and in my eyes, was it wrong? What Saul did, let me ask, is it logical for what he did? He told Samuel, Samuel, I'm going to fight, I'm losing. I need God's favor. In fact, the original Hebrew word for I saw the Lord means that strike is stroking the face of God. He wanted to make God what? Happy so that he can go into what? But is there anything wrong with that? Is there anything wrong with seeking God's way before you do anything? But he had an express word from heaven, <laughs> from Samuel. Do not sacrifice till I come in seven days and offer the sacrifice. 
Now let's look at the situation. You have to, you see, for you to really appreciate things, eh, you have to appreciate the situation. The man has 3,000 soldiers. He, the odds were so much against him, both outside and what? Inside. Outside, the armies against him were, let's say, I mean, thousands. He had only three. And then inside, his own soldiers were what? Running away. What will you do? You are in a situation, you are in a fix. You are in a tight place. You are under what? Pressure. Mm? That is pushing you to do something that God has told you, do not do. Do you know that Saul was justifying what he did? Saul was telling Samuel, in the first place, Samuel, the pressure was against me internally and externally. And you, Samuel, yourself, you told me that within seven days, you will come. First day, no show. Second day, no show. The pressure is mounted. I said, the pressure mounted on you. Financial pressure, relational pressure. Is there a pressure on you to get married that some man that you should not marry is making your hair so sweet that you want to go? <laughs> Are you under intense pressure to compromise? You are intense pressure to leave your workplace. When God said, don't leave that workplace. Everything against you is in that workplace. All hell is breaking loose about God say, stay but the logical reasoning says get out of the place so Harini said somebody didn't turn up my soldiers were going the enemy was so numerous eh? I can't take it so I forced myself I compelled myself to do even the thing I'm trying to do, I'm not even quoting and sinning. Have you been there before? Mm. <laughs> I'm just offering sacrifice to God and ask God for his favor. Mm. Don't be religious. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Mm. At times you can be religious and do religious things and think that God approves of it. You feel justified. Mm. Oh, God, help me. I'm, sincere, I'm speaking to you the word. If you want your life 2019 to be very significant and God's heavenly approval over you, then don't do what so. So Samuel looks at, by the way, immediately he finished sacrificing what? Samuel showed up. The same seventh day. He tells you, God does not need your help to fulfill his word. So God is too late. God, you are wasting time. You are wasting time. I need to get married. My biological clock is taken. God, that is that. that, that. I need to. Okay. It sounds reasonable. It sounds logical. It sounds sensible. And all of us will face that this year. If you pass the test, your life will shoot. If you fail the test, you hear God telling you, you have acted foolishly. You have acted foolishly. 
Now, when they say somebody is foolish, people think foolish means doing stupid. This thing is not that stupid thing. What's all that? If you look at the reason, it wasn't what? Stupid. So when the Bible calls something foolish, it simply means this. You have acted contrary to the will of God for you. You have acted foolishly. My, ah. Do you know that it was Samuel who what, anointed Saul? Do you know that Samuel had a very big heart for Saul? In fact, later part, you find somewhere crying and praying and praying into Sydney for many years for Saul. And God told my friend, stop praying for him. I've rejected him. You have acted foolishly. But what I want you to understand is that <laughs> all the circumstances around Saul and what he did seems very reasonable. That's the point I want you to get. So he's not talking about something that is so blatant. It seems very reasonable that your husband did it, so you have every right to also do that. When God said, don't do that. <laughs> it doesn't sound reasonable. Have you been there before? Your finances, it doesn't sound reasonable for God to ask you to do certain things. It doesn't sound reasonable at all. When you have other things to do, this, 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 this. But to you it is reasonable because it makes sense. Oh, no. We don't see the glory of God nowadays in our lives and in the church. Because every person is doing what they like in their own eyes. And it sounds, the danger is this, it's very, very what? Reasonable. The, the, the action the person is taking looks very, very what? Logical and reasonable. But it is against God's unreasonable word. Are we here? It is a time tedious to remain inactive in waiting upon the Lord. At times it sounds very, very, very what? Tedious. It doesn't make sense. So Saul as a prudent general, pastor, husband, wife, or whatever you are, as a prudent one, to take some action instead of waiting upon the Lord has spoken. I am not moving. You will be great. Amen. You have no idea what God has for you. <laughs> as long as you keep on walking and trusting the Lord, Amen. the word of the Lord will come to pass. Amen. Who can say that any way any demon is bigger than God? Mm. That's what you are God from beginning to the end. There's no place for argument. You are God all by. If God decides to bless you, He doesn't need anybody's permission. But He needs your permission to obey Him. Saul said, I force myself. Saul, please, in justifying the eminence of danger to take an action. When they say eminence of danger, everything about you, you have to do something. People are putting pressure, do something. Hello? Your mother is putting pressure on you, marry. Hello? You two, what are you doing here? Pressure from everywhere. People ask you, when are you going to get married? Have you had those questions before? And then when you have that, people ask, when are you going to have children? People ask all kinds of questions, putting pressure on you. When are you going to buy your house? When will you to get a car? So the pressure is mounting upon you to do something. Everywhere pressure. You to when will you do this? When will you do that? 
Made, Holy Ghost. The eminence of the pressure. His position was untenable. He needed to do something. Hmm? But he could not trust God. He could not stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. And God is amazing. Khadija, as you grow as a Christian, let this message never leave you. If God says something, obey him. God said, I will come within seven days. Hello? If he hasn't come, it's just a minute to the end of the seven days. Still wait mm-hmm. upon mm-hmm. the Lord. Let God be God. Mm-hmm. Are we here? So I want to give you a few things. You see, if I was Saul, immediately they confronted me, I would have repented. Mm. Saul was not, he, he has lost reason. You, pastor, you don't understand. You, that, that, you see? So you are justifying why you need to disobey God and act foolishly. Instead of confessing the wrong on his part, he refused to do that. Instead of knowing that there was a higher king that he had to obey, he obeyed his own instinct and the pressure of the situation. There's always a higher king to obey. There's always a higher being to honor more than anybody else. So let me give you a few things, and I'll give you a few examples, and then we'll be, I'll tell you what can help you to, to um, overcome this. Number one, religion can lead you to do foolishly. You know what religion is? Hmm. How many of you know what religion is? At times we have our religious what? actions and thoughts and so forth. A classic example in the Bible was when Jeroboam, one, the first king after uh, Samuel, for his, when he decided that he was not going to obey the son of Solomon, Rehoboam. You know what he did? He said, <laughs> because Rehoboam, a fool, decided that he was going to be more harsh than his father. <laughs> so the other ten tribes, he said, no, then we will not serve you. So Jeroboam committed a coup you know, a military coup. And then, because he knew that Israel worshipped in Jerusalem, and Jerusalem was in Judah, which had the two tribes, he decided, I don't want my people going to what? To that place, and where their heart would turn towards Rehoboam. You know what he did? He set up what? A religious what? Golden what? Calf. He set up, look, you don't have to go. Oh, Israel, this is your God. Then he, he made a sign and said, this is your God. He's the same God. And you know what he called the God? Yahweh. You don't call him Baal. He called him who? God. Worship here. Don't go there. Very religious. He acted what? Foolishly. Look, religion can make you act what? Oh, after all, even if I do, it's okay. Every Sunday I'm in church. It's called religion. <laughs> Religion, religious activities can deceive you and I to do what? Foolishly. Number two, pressure. This is the serious pressure. How many of you know pressure can ask us how to do foolishly? Mm. Pressure. Mm. Are we here? Sexual pressure. Not just only for the single ones, even the married ones. 
Let me look at the faces of the married ones. Are we here? Have you been under sexual pressure before? Oh, yeah, I see Pressure. Your man is putting pressure on you. Pay all your school fees for you. Do this and do that. Do that. Pressure. Sexual pressure. My wife is not allowing me. So I'm under pressure to satisfy my... Have you been there before, Tari? Pressure, pressure. Maybe you don't know. Uh, I know a lot about Christians in church. You, maybe you hear you are very holy. Praise the Lord. But I know if I'm to tell you stories, it will shock you to the core. I'm telling you, it will shock you to your core. In church, church, it happens all the time. It will shock you. Tongue-talking, Holy Ghost, chasing other people's husbands. In church, yes. People cohabiting under pressure. Have you been under financial pressure? I won't give offering. I won't give tithe anymore. Things are tight. Pressure, financial pressure. Have you been there before? You have accumulated so much unnecessary what? Debt. So much other things. That you say you give. You have all your logical reason why you will not honor God. God understands. <laughs> so who is going to give you the breakthrough? Is it God or you, your own hand? I don't understand why some people reason like that. Yes. Pressure. I wrote some pressures here. Let me just pass it. <laughs> All kinds. Workplace pressure. Where, have you been there before? Yes. To compromise. Whilst you are studying. Pressure. To plagiarize. Pressure. Have you been there before? How many of you have done that before? Pressure to the deadline. So you need to do some fast move. Google. And then change one or two words. The pressure is intense. Hello? Pressure. You, the single one, to marry the wrong person. The pressure is on. Hello? Mr. Joe Slick will come your way this year. Think that your breakthrough has happened. This is what I've been praying for. Mrs. Jezebel or Delilah. You the single man. Come Delilah. And Delilah looks very what? Juicy. <laughs> Sweet. And they come your way. Pressure is on. And then the most serious one is consciously violating what God has told you privately that don't do. You know in your God God said this one, don't do that. I'll give you one king, one, one prophet who did that. Very sad story. God, you give me first kings, chapter 13. There was once a prophet. This story I told you about Jeroboam. When Jeroboam built that, uh, built the golden calf, God sent a prophet to him. <laughs> Look at what the prophet said. <laughs> Let's... Uh, and behold, there came a man of God out of Judah by the word of the Lord to Bethel. Jeroboam stood by the altar to burn incense. Yes. And the man cried against the altar. This is the altar he has built that they shouldn't go to Judah or they shouldn't go to Jerusalem. They should worship. 
and said, O altar, altar, that saith the Lord, behold, a son shall be born to the house of David, Josiah by name. This happened hundreds of years after. And on you shall, they, shall he offer the priest of the high places who burn incense on you, and men's bones shall be burned. So this man basically just gave his word and said, this thing you have built will be destroyed. But it doesn't, this happens many, many years after. Anyway, that's not the point. Go to verse 9, could you for me? Now, this prophet, God told him, when you go and prophesy against that thing, don't eat anything, don't drink anything, don't come the same way you came, go a totally different way, don't eat, don't do anything. So look at what he said. For I was commanded by the word of the Lord, you shall eat no bread or drink water or return by the way you came. Next verse. So he went another way and did not return by the way that he came to Bethel. Go on. Now there dwells an old prophet, say an old prophet, an old prophet. a seasoned prophet, a seasoned man of God. <laughs> pressure, pressure, pressure. This man of God, and his sons came and told him about what the man of God had done, to cut the long story short. This prophet goes to this young prophet and tells him, you know what, let's go home and let's have a meal. Let's enjoy. Listen to this carefully. And the prophet said, God told me. Maybe let's read on. Let's read for you. quickly. Let's go on. Go on. Go on. When I say stop, then you stop. Go on. Okay, yeah. Let's go to that. Back to that one. And he went after the man of God, and he found him sitting under an oak. And he said to him, Are you the man of God who came from Judah? And he said, I am. And then he said to him, Come home with me and eat bread. Verse 16. He said, I may not return with you or go in with you. Neither will I eat bread or drink water with you in this place. Verse 7. For I was told by the word of the Lord. Say, I was told. By the word of the Lord. See, this is a specific word. You shall not eat bread or drink water there or return by the way that you came. Verse 18. He answered, the man of God, this old prophet. I am also a prophet. <laughs> this is what we call religion. Also a prophet, as you are, and an angel spoke to me. Labranda <laughs> an angel spoke to me by the word of the Lord, saying, Bring him back with you to your house. <laughs> you see, you heard God, but the person, the person that you think is older and whatever comes to you, the Lord has spoken to me. I know God told you, but that Lord also told me that you're supposed to come. And it, you know what this man, the, the young prophet should have said? Let God tell me himself. If God told me, he's changing his mind through you, ask that God to tell me as well. Somebody comes here and say, I feel God say I should marry you. Okay, no problem. Let the same God who told you also come and tell me himself. But he lied to him. No, in the church, people are lying to people to do wrong things. Pastors are concocting stories and saying things that God has not said to make people do all manner of things. Hallelujah. In America. No, let me just leave that one out. <laughs> he lied to him. Verse 19. So the man from Judah went back with him and ate and drank water in his house. He has acted foolishly. Verse 20. 
And as they sat at the table, the word of the Lord came to that old prophet who brought him back. This should teach you some ways of God. <laughs> While they were eating, that prophet who lied, God spoke to him. <laughs> Look at what God told him. And he cried to the man of God who came from Judah, that saved the Lord because you have disobeyed the word of the Lord and have not kept the... This is the same thing Samuel uh, saw did. Because you do not keep God's word, you have disobeyed the word of the Lord. With the Lord, God, your God command, verse 22 but have come back and have eaten bread and drank water in the place which the Lord said to you, eat no bread and drink no water. He's the same person who told the man. Oh. <laughs> you see how religious spirits operate, Chris? The Lord told me. <laughs> That's why time when people say the Lord told me, you just leave them alone. At time you don't even say anything. I think I told you last week, don't give unsolicited what? Especially when the person puts the name of God and he just leave it. <laughs> your corpse shall not come to the tomb of your fathers. What a sad thing. Verse 23. And after the prophet of the house had eaten bread and drank, he saddled the donkey for the man he had brought back. He just prepared his car for him. Go home. And when he had gone, a lion met him by the road and slew him, and his course was cast in the way, and the donkey stood by it, and the lion was stood by him. This is the second example of under pressure. The pressure this time was coming from who? Another Christian. A senior what? Christian. Because the junior prophet what? Respected him. And so he listened to him. Meanwhile, God had told him, don't do this. The senior prophet was jealous that God did not send him to go and speak again. So you, the small little man, God has sent you. I will show you, you know. <laughs> I hope the Holy Ghost is talking to you and to me. And I know he is. Don't let 2019 come at the end and you have made a foolish. Because you don't say that you were not warned. And those who are not here, give them the tape. Make sure everybody listen to it. And you should not say, Pastor John did not tell them. Pressure. The other thing that can make you compromise and do foolishly is that when you lean onto your own understanding. Because Paul uh, Saul leaned on his own word. He logically looked at the situation. The best option for me in this is to sacrifice to God. After I'm not doing anything evil. But I want to tell you a story of another man in the scriptures. Who did not lean onto his own understanding? His name is called Isaac. And you can find this story in Genesis chapter 26. Let's give me, give me verse 1 and 2. And then I'll explain to you as well. He was also under pressure. Genesis 1 and 2. Now there was famine in the land. Say famine in the land. Other than the former famine that was in the days of Abraham, and Isaac went to Gerar to Abimelech, king of the Philistines, verse 2. And the Lord appeared to him and said, Do not go down to Egypt. Live in the land which I tell you. Don't, you are, there's famine in Niger, famine in Jamaica. <laughs> and the Lord appeared and said, Do not go down to the United States. Don't go to United Kingdom. There was pressure. <laughs> Are you here? 
You see, when God specifically speaks to you, there was nothing good in the land. There was farming. And God said, don't move from there. Stay in the farming. Because he was going to go to what? Egypt, where things were flourishing. How many of you, if things are flourishing at another workplace, you, you, do, you don't want to move there? When God said, no, stay in that dingy place. I want, that is where I want you. That is where I will prosper you. <laughs> you don't understand the ways of the Lord. That's our problem. Stay there. I know there's famine. Did God know there was famine? Did God know that Egypt was flourishing? Yes, but God said, don't go to Egypt. Stay in the church. Because Egypt represents what? A type of the world. The systems of the Don't connect to the systems of the world. It seems as if when you connect, you will prosper. God says, no, stay where there is famine. It seems there is famine in life center. It seems as if well, there is famine in your marriage. It seems so you want to jump ship and go and look for a new cute somebody. How many have been tempted like that before? I'm not talking to you alone. I'm talking to those who will be listening to me internationally. Hallelujah. <laughs> hmm? It seems like that. Do this. Do that. God said, don't. Thank God for Isaac. Isaac said, I hear you, God. I'm not moving. I will stay. Then look at verse, what happened to him? Verse 12. Could you quickly? My time is almost finished. Verse, verse number 12. Then Isaac sold in that land, the farming land, oh, and received in the same year. I sense him that God has power to prosper you when everything is wrong, you is bad. He has power to change your destiny. Look, you have to believe God. Don't lean onto your own understanding of man. In the same famine, in the, where there's famine, Isaac sold. Can you sow when there's famine? <laughs> or you use your own understanding, your own logic. When God is telling you, I say so in this land. <laughs> and as much as he had planted, the Lord favored him with blessings. What I like is verse 13. Look at what God did to him. <laughs> and the man became, I'm not hearing you. And the man became, right. and the man became, right. and he gained more and more until he became very what? Wealthy and distinguished. If you are going to Egypt, that would not have happened to him. Hello? The Allah the King James said he waxed great and great to he just occupied. In the land where there was famine. But some of us are calculating. Hello, are we here? You know some of us calculate. Me, I calculate a lot. But when he, <laughs> when it comes to obeying God, there is no what leaning onto your own understanding. Because most of the time, when God tells you, by the way, when God tells you things, usually it doesn't make what sense. It doesn't make sense at all, at all, at all, at all, at all, at all. Anything that makes sense usually is not from God. That is just common sense you are living by. But the things that are from God. It does not make what? Sense. It looks stupid. She has got plenty of money, and God is telling me I should go and give me more money. You would think I should give to the poor. God said, no, give to the person who has more. It doesn't make sense. Does it make sense? 
Is that person has got more money than me? It's like one man or God who God sent to go and give some sum of money to use some of money. When he went, eh, that man of God was preaching. And when he was preaching, that man of God said, I think his tie for that year was about $3 million. <laughs> so the person was supposed to go and say, Three million as his tight. So I mean, I'm going to give him less about ten thousand. Why should I give him? He pocketed the money and just went to his room. It was a conference. <laughs> God said, I told you, you came all the way from Ghana. Go and give him that money. <laughs> anyway, the blessed when he did the release of grace to today, you should see his life. You see, it doesn't make what sense. But look at the response that Isaac got because of his what? Obedience. I'm contrasting two people. He acted what? Wisely. He knew that God knows something you, Sister Janet, you don't know. Do you believe God knows something you don't know? Do you think that God is limited by your circumstance? By your boss? By your spouse? By No! What day holds God to ransom? Look at Isaac's story. It's so powerful, eh? Are you here? Two more, then we'll be going. The next lesson we learn is this. Obedience is always better than sacrifice. Obedience, eh? It's better. You can ask parents. If I tell you, ah, Catherine, can you go and wash the dishes? And you're about to stand and I can't say, stop. Go and clean the front room. Why should you be upset? I say, why should, am I not the same person who told you to go and... Uh, Hello. It's like this. I tell you, please, learn the song and come and sing this Sunday. And when they can't say, you are not singing anymore. No, I'm not going to learn this song anymore. You keep on changing your mind. Am I not the one who has to come and sing? I have the power to tell you, don't sing. You shouldn't be upset. That is a problem. Because to obey is better than sacrifice. Mm. To listen to God than the fact of rams you give to God. You know the secret to <laughs> the secret to really getting revelations, the secret to your life being very significant is total obedience to God at the cost of your life. If anybody comes to that place in this church, including me, you will see what your life will become. Total, absolute obedience to God that God can trust you implicitly, then what would God do with your life and through your life and give to you? Amen. Now come to the solution to all of this. Obedience is all, obey. If Saul had obeyed, God could have used even 30 soldiers to destroy the millions of his enemies. The other thing, final thing, is that obedience leads to establishment and promotion in life. Who wants promotion? Yes, to obey. If you obey God, you get promotion. You, look, I can determine whether you'll be promoted and be established or not by your obedience to God. Hello? How many of you know that the more you obey, let's say, your parents or you obey your, your superior at work, the more blessed your life is? Yes. Even it's a natural law. I told even as a pastor, I bless you, but I can bless you special the more you listen to me. Yes. It's, it's a fact. You may not believe it, but it's a reality. It's a spiritual reality. You better believe it. Do you know that for some of you, 
your blessing, your destiny is in my hands. Do you know that? Yeah. You may not believe, I'm telling you. Do you know my destiny, my blessing is in somebody's hands? Yeah. It's in somebody's hands. God always uses people. It is, don't say that I don't need a man. You are lying. Mm. You do. Mm. God always will have to pass through somebody. Mm. It's in somebody's hands. Yeah. And you better recognize those people when they are around you. I know there are certain people, my destiny is in their hands. I just come around them. <laughs> I don't care what, just release them. And that's all. <laughs> oh, yes. I want to be promoted and be established. So if I know my establishment is in Christine's hands, hello? Let's say if I'm ministering, I need Christine to sing a certain way. Then I know that I need her to flow a certain way. So I don't joke with her. Hello? True or not true? Sure. So why are you always calling Christian? Because my destiny is in her hands. <laughs> you don't understand. <laughs> you have to understand. Look, you have to understand certain realities in spiritual matters. Oh. You see, it doesn't make what? Sense. I was listening to, I'll give you the soul, but before that, give, let me just tell you this. One man of God, one day God gave him a dream. I said, I'll just summarize. In the dream, Jesus appeared to him to Gadel, and told him, a certain man is going to come to you. I want to bless you fantastically. Whatever the man tells you to do, do it. He prayed, then he forgot about it. So two weeks time he was at his office. And they said, there's a man from a certain village who uh, wants to come and see you. Say me, I don't know any man from any village. Anyway, let him come. So this man comes to the village, dirty feet with flip-flops, in this nice big office, the man says, I want to bless you. I want to make your life give you a blessing you never had before. But before I do that, give me $5,000. He said, I was about to say, in his mind, this is crazy, but look at the, the way he his dress out. Then he remembered what? The vision. Then he said, and he said, Okay, give me a week. Let me organize the money for you. So come for the money. Then when the man got up to leave, the man said, please, I don't have transport money. Can you give me money for transport? <laughs> <laughs> you are going to change my day. You don't even have money for what? To take a, uh, in a taxi. Okay. Because of the vision and the word of the Lord. He was not acting what, foolishly. He gave the man the money. A week and the man came. <laughs> Can you imagine the pressure under you? Somebody you've never met before, somebody you don't know, give you 5,000 like that, will you? Yeah. No, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> he said, he, the back, he said, he said, this is the man. He said, when he was pushing the money on the table to the man, there were some tears. <laughs> he said, at times you obey God. I think it's always a joy to obey God. At times it's very painful. He said, there were some tears. <laughs> He said, he thought the following day, or the, the man would come. Nothing was coming. So he, so he was, he, every day he was looking for the man at the office. Six weeks later, the man comes with a huge bag. He said the money that the man gave to him, it will not take, after 10 years, he couldn't get that money. And this is a good, yeah. He said, my life will change. I took the money. Hallelujah. I was rejoicing in the office. 
somebody's destiny will change this year. Amen. Because you are willing to obey God at all costs. When it doesn't make sense, you think God is saying that one? Well, no, because God wants to bless you. He wants to take you to realms you have never been before this year. But he sent me to tell you so that when it happens, please, we don't miss it. Finally, the answer to all of this, I think, in my humble opinion, to obey God is also the story of King David, is to have a tender heart towards God. God said, I have found a man. I found a woman whose heart is so tender towards me. You know, some of us, our heart is very harsh towards God. We're always wanting to resist what we should not resist. Always resisting, always fighting things. David had a heart toward God. The Bible says in Psalm 25, I think verse 13 or 14, it says this. The secret of the Lord belongs to those who fear him. God unveiled you when I say we are praying for revelation and all of that. God's true secrets, revelation, belongs to people who fear him, who reverence him deeply. King David had such a heart towards God. His heart was so tender towards God. Eh? The Bible, you know what the testimony God gave about him? I'll read it to you. The testimony about King David. It's very interesting. I think you can find that in um, Acts chapter 12, verse 13, and you can find the same thing repeated in verse 14. But I want to read the Acts chapter 13, verse 22. And can we have a look at it? If you have the NIV version, that would be better, Kojo. Do you have the NIV? Yes. We are concluding. Is that okay? I love you people. I want you to be very successful. I can tell you the truth. I don't want us to be going round, round, round and deceiving ourselves. Look at what he says. After removing Saul, he made David their king. God testified concerning him. God testified concerning Celeste. I have found Celeste, a daughter, what's your father's name? Let me put it there. I have found David, a son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. Listen to this. He will do everything I want him to do. Even if I want him to do that, he will die. That is why he was a man after God's own heart. I have found a man after my own, and this, this person, eh, everything I want him to do, he will do. You know David made some serious mistake more than so in his life. He committed more horrible sins. He went and took somebody's wife, slept with her, then killed the husband, and then concorded stories. But he was still, you see, that's a time somebody may even go and, I don't say go and fornicate or commit adultery. <laughs> but somebody may do that, but after God's own heart, don't mess with that person. So this person fornicated, that person fornicated, who told you? Do you know that person's heart for God? You don't know. So, the thing that Saul did, if you look at it, it, it seems very what? Logic. David's one was horrible sins. But David had a, immediately was confronted. He said what? I have sinned. 
That was the difference. Saul tried to justify his disobedience. David was so tender, God, I have sinned. Psalm 51, God, I don't want to fall into my hands. Only thee have I sinned against. If anything, Lord, have mercy upon me. That's why he was said. He, he recognized and acknowledged God more than anybody than anything else. I, and you know why? Because David had a fear of God. So what I'm saying is it doesn't mean that you don't make mistakes and all of that. You are going to live a perfect life. No. But you have a very tender heart towards God. When something is wrong, quickly. Or you seek to always just obey God. Whatever God wants you to do. Is that what God wants me to do? God, no problem. And by the way, it's not easy when God wants you to do something. I've told you already. It is not easy on the flesh. Hmm? You know how you struggle sometimes to honor God last year. Yeah. It's not easy. But if you feel that God is what you, that is what you should do, just do it for God. I see you walking in the fear of God this year. Amen. I am praying for the fear of God in my life more than anything. I am praying for a tender heart. Lord, give me a tender heart towards you. Mm, this is the song we used to sing many years ago. Oh Lord, your tenderness. Melting all my ugliness, oh Lord, I receive your love, oh Lord, your gentleness, crushing my hardness, oh Lord, I receive your grace. I want us to stand. I want you to talk to God. Now you want a heart like in David. That this year you will not act foolishly. Amen. By the grace and mercies of God. That when you are under intense pressure, when you are leaning your own understanding, you will know what to do. Because this word will come to you and it will save you. It will save you, <laughs> save your family, save the generations to come, Amen. save your life. Not just save you, it will release tremendous promotion and blessing in your life. You'll be established because you have sought to honor God when it was very unreasonable. You will not act foolishly. Talk to God. Talk to God. Sabron, the Holy Ghost. We are all asking for help. We are asking for grace. Jesus, give us gentle hearts towards you. Give us tender hearts towards you, Father. Throughout this year, when we are faced with pressure, when we are faced with Lord's circumstance, overwhelming odds, help us to still honor you. Give us the strength like Isaac, like David, like Daniel. When he faced odds against him to be thrown into the lion's den, he still honored you and you promoted him. You shut the lion's mouth because he sought to obey you. Give us obedient heart. Talk to God. Ask God for obedient heart. Take this very serious, what I'm telling you. Take it very, very serious. Yes, Father. Help us, Holy Ghost. Help us, Holy Ghost. Please don't let us be tempted above measure. We pray, Lord. We pray, Lord. Help each and every one, Lord. So people will be promoted this year with unusual promotions, unusual establishments, like you did for Isaac, according to the glory of your riches in Christ Jesus. 
So give us that heart, Father. Talk to him. Mean business with him. Mean business with him. Ask the Holy Ghost to imprint this word in your spirit, in your heart. That the fear of God will guide you and will lead you. In the name of Jesus. Help me, O oh God. Help us, O oh Lord. Help us, O oh God. That when we are under pressure to do something contrary to what you told us, Lord, we will not cave in. But we choose the path of righteousness for your name's sake. And that, Father, you will honor us out of that. Bless you, Father. Bless you, Father. Hallelujah. Talk to him. Talk to him. Pray, pray, pray. Maybe even pray in the spirit. You are praying into the future. When those times come, you'll be strengthened. Because you prayed ahead, when those times come, you will not cave in. May the fear of God be a crown around you, Lord. Mazoko Toramaya. Tabori Ikandala Masotori Indelemaya. If you're under pressure, don't yield. Don't yield. Don't do contrary to what God has told you. Don't let religion, don't let any man, any woman, don't let any circumstance make you disobey God. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Jesus. Help us, Father. Help us, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Every situation God puts you through, every test is because God wants to promote you. Amen. The Lord just whispered that to me. Every test you go through, that seems very, very unreasonable because God is setting you up for promotion. Amen. But usually at times we think it's the devil, especially when God has told you something and it's very hard to obey him. It's because God wants to promote you. He wants to elevate you. And I pray that you and I will not miss our season of promotion, our season of increase. May God open our eyes. And this is one of the things God is opening our eyes to. Whilst we were praying in Ghana, one of the things the Lord showed was that God has got some tremendous things for his people. It's beyond measure. But then there's like a veil. Come now, leave this jacket here for me. And then just, uh -huh, yes. So, you cover it like that. So, like let's say, there is my, but there's a veil. That is preventing these people. Satan has put a veil that people cannot see. Because if they can see what is there. Uh, so, like if I move here, move your camera. So, Satan constantly is trying to cover and put this veil. Preventing us from seeing. You are going to pray that God remove every veil. Help me to see. Because if you don't see, my brother, my sister, no, 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 no. And one of, the, one of them, I'm just telling you, is that don't act foolishly. But beyond that, God is going to reveal things to you. Pray that prayer every day. Lord, remove the veil. Take away that veil. Split that veil. Whatever you have to do, do it, Lord, so I can see what you have for me. And then when you see it, you see your life will just, you are gone. 
So, Father, I pray for your people. Deliver us from spiritual blindness. Let that satanic power that is preventing us from seeing what we ought to see, oh God, we beg you, help us. Remove that thing from us. Remove it from before us. Remove it from before us. That we can see clearly and know the choices, the decisions, the steps to take in the name of Jesus. Amen. Let me tell you another thing as well, whilst we're on it, as I feel. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Is that okay or you want to go home? Whilst I feel it, let me flow. There was this tall tree right up to the heavens. And the tree at the top had all manner of fruits, of blessing, of gold, of silver, of any resource you ever need in your life. But it was a very tall tree. And there was, all of a sudden, there was like a rope. And this man started what? Climbing the tree. Anytime the man goes up a little bit, you know it's like a rope. You've seen somebody climb before. Anytime you go up, the rope, what? Will shorten, will cut off. So if you go there, let's say if the rope was from immediately you get it, the rope will cut to this. And the tree was very tall right into the heavens. And the man was struggling. He got to a place almost halfway. He couldn't go anymore. He was so what? Exhausted. And he was hanging on for his dear life because you could not what? Use the rope to what? Come down again. And there were a lot of people at the bottom of the tree telling him what to do. Everybody was giving him his advice. Do this, do plenty voices. Oh God, may we hear your voice. May we see, oh God. Then a voice came from heaven and told the man, put your hand on the tree trunk. But he was so tired that he knew that if he lets go of it and he touches the, the tree trunk, what? he's going to fall to his death. But then he listened to that voice. That is the voice of God. Immediately he put his hands on the tree. The tree opened and became like cess like that for him. And he climbed so easily, easily to the top. Then when he got there, the man told him, this is the way to climb this tree. You've been struggling in your own strength. Using your own understanding, your own strategy. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Yesterday I was with a man of God and he told me something. Is I'm telling you, John, anybody who replaces the Holy Spirit with anything, whether good or bad, is finished. Any strategy, any form of plan that you replace with the Holy Spirit, because all that that man needed was to hear what? The Holy Spirit. Put your hand. The tree just opened, and it became an easy access to the heavens. And all that he needed was there for his life. I'm telling you, these two stories are the same. I'll tell you one more. Do you want me to tell you another one? Then we finish. So that you can know how to pray. There was a man, a very huge man, like Jesus. When he steps, wherever he steps, becomes a big footstep. And the people following him were supposed to step wherever he stepped. <laughs> when he stepped, the footstep he stepped. And the more you step, the more you are getting to glory. But then there were some people they had another voice and they stopped what? Stepping in their footsteps. And they were, all of this is telling that we need what? Revelation and insight. And to follow the Holy 
spirit. And things were working. But those who deviated, I'll tell you one more next week on Wednesday. I'm told you these revelations. So that this year you can really prosper in your work with God. Amen. So that this year you can do, you achieve fantastic things. It takes prayer and it takes waiting upon and hear the voice of God. Hearing God's voice will lead you to realms. The veil, when it is torn, you can see clearly. You will sing like Jimmy Cliff sang, I can see clearly now. The thing is past. All the obstacles are removed. You can know clearly where to go. That's my prayer for you. I said, that's my prayer for the church. Amen. But pray more for yourself and for me as well. I beg you, don't let it be an emotional thing. I'll try and let Kwabna send something that you can pray this all the time. Like I told you at the beginning, when your eyes are opened, nobody will have to tell you, live right, do right, move right. This is a great truth. You just see it. That's my prayer for you. So this year is a very is a year of great anticipation Amen. of greatness for our lives. Amen. If we follow the Holy Ghost, if we listen to the voice, it doesn't matter what the devil does, he will lose, and we are the winners. Give God some thanks as we close. Give thanks. Father, we thank you. Father, we thank you. Thank him, thank you. Open your mouth. Give him thanks. Give him thanks. Let Father God know you appreciate him for his direction, for his instructions, so you know how to pray and what to pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you. Help us by your grace. In Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. You may take your seats.